If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, well, we're going to jump right into this today. So much to discuss, and uh, we'll get into as much as we possibly can here. Welcome, 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 welcome to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, well, ever since we switched from Todd Huff Radio to the Todd Huff Show, <laughs> Show.com is the email, facebook.com slash Show. For those who want to see my patented two thumbs up, which I just did, or um, you know, watch the program live or on demand so long as Facebook allows us to do that, welcome to the program. Oh, gee. Um, you know, this is one of those rare times that there is more information than I am able to, than than we are able to stay on top of. I mean, this, look, there's never been a shortage of things to talk about on this program ever since, ever since Trump won the election, or really ever since Trump entered the campaign, right? There's been plenty of things to talk about. Um, uh, responses, tr- Trump tweets, Trump comments, reactions to Trump tweets and comments, reactions to Trump, hatred for Trump, impeachment of Trump, all this stuff been been going on uh, since, well, for the past almost four years now. Um, but I've never seen quite as much information to sift through as we as we have today. With coronavirus, I mean, just to go through a, a, a short sampling of what we've got, we've got schools that have been shut down or at least dramatically affected and impacted by coronavirus, or at least uh, that's the steps that people are taking to protect students, uh, protect spread of the virus, and so forth. So from shutdown to drastic measures being taken regarding how the school day is is run. We've got colleges that basically have said no school the rest of the year, some of them going to distance learning. We've got the NBA suspending its season. We've got the NHL suspending its season. We've got the Major League Baseball, MLB, suspending its season. We've got Broadway shutting down in New York. We've got movies that have 
delayed the launch date of, of their of their movies because people won't be going to theaters. We've got empty airplanes. We've got runs on supermarket shelves or supermarkets that are therefore leading to uh, you know not having certain amounts of not having enough things like hand sanitizer, toilet paper, soap, I don't know, things of that nature, uh, disinfectant spray. You have fights in some of these places over toilet paper. I played the clip yesterday of a guy from Canada, from Canada, who said that he was, uh, his family was now safe because he was able to secure toilet paper. So we've got, uh, that's just the, the, the tip of the iceberg here. NCAA, forgot to mention that. The NCAA moved from playing games with no fans to canceling games, which I have a question about that. I have a question about the NCAA. Um, and, you know, if, if, if large crowds are the problem, why, why wasn't the empty stadium enough to, to deal with this? I mean, there's, there's all sorts of questions we've got. Then we got the political side of this. That's, that's just the reaction, which I mean, there's, we could talk about the reactions, but then you've got the political side of this. You've got, you've got people who are criticizing Trump and his team's response. Look, I'm not saying there shouldn't be any criticism. That again, that comes with the territory. That comes with the territory. Um, there's questions about these, you know, not enough tests. In fact, I was reading yesterday in New York Magazine talking about why tests uh, testing has been limited in the United States, and they said that I'm reading a quote here. There are a combination of factors limiting U.S. testing capacity, including guidelines limiting the surveillance and detection of potential coronavirus cases and an adequate supply of coronavirus tests due in part to, yes, you guessed it, regulatory hurdles. So you ask yourself, uh, why Why are some of these regulatory hurdles, and that's usually, I mean, there's a point for some regulation. As a conservative, I believe that Government interference should be as little as possible. And but there are times, there are times that regulations are necessary. That's that's not the vast majority of where we have them. But there are times when it is necessary. Government has a role in certain areas. I know for some, uh, some people think that there's never a role, but th- there are there are examples of of regulations being being necessary or justifiable understandable and a legitimate purpose of, of government, but that's not the vast majority of, of these instances. So regulatory hurdles are a part of the problem we have here and ongoing problems at the CDC as it tries to develop and distribute an accurate test to the labs that need it. There's been actual problems with some of these test kits as well. So you've got that, you know, all these problems and, and there's legitimate questions. Why is this happening? Um, why can you know Trump? Trump should be. Um, I mean, th- there should be questions and, and criticism where where necessary. But then you've got <laughs> you've got the the politics of this, and of course, yesterday I saw I saw a little bit of Biden Biden coming out. They wanted him to look like he was the president. By the way, he's got flags. First time I've seen flags behind a. Behind a Democrat in a long time. Take it easy. Although there is truth in that. 
especially when you look to the debate stages. But he's got his flag lapel pin on, apparently okay now that he's trying to address uh, not just the rabid, uh, the rabid base, which it does include. The Democrat rabid base does include an anti-American sect. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a lot larger than I can than I care to care to admit. But he's up here with his American flag pin, standing in front of the flags, wanting to look as though, wanting to look as though he is the president of the United States and not just someone who's running for office. I mentioned yesterday, I think an hour or two, we had James Clyburn actually saying, look, let's just cancel the rest of this campaign, the rest of this primary season, and let's have, let's have, uh, you know, no more, no more votes in the states by the Democrats. Just, just name Biden the candidate so we can get past this messy phase where these candidates could continue to hurt one another. Sanders, the longer he stays in, it could create a larger rift between his supporters and Biden. Let's just get that over with. So literally, there's a, a representative, a, a Democrat actually out there saying that he wants to disenfranchise Democrat voters. And meanwhile, meanwhile, they'll tell you that Trump and the Republicans are the ones who are focused, who are focused on that, taking away Democrat votes, making sure that they don't see their way to the polls and all this sort of stuff. So that's kind of happening in the background, and we might touch on that again. But I want to stay focused here on the politics of the politics of this coronavirus. I'm going to play a bit of Biden's speech, which to some extent could be summed up as saying, hey, look, this is a time for us not to be political, but the president has proven he's incapable of handling this. That's effectively uh, what Biden's uh, little speech boiled down to a nutshell is, um, you know, is was saying. I mean, one of the quotes in his speech is, "This virus laid bare the severe shortcomings of the current administration. Public fears are being compounded by a pervasive lack of trust in this president, fueled by adversarial relationships with the truth that he continues." To have that's what Biden said, and again, we'll play part of this as the program comes together. He made a speech yesterday again, pretending, pretending like he was president of the United States. No word if he really thought he was. I mean, we know Biden doesn't know if he's running for Senate, running for president, running for dog catcher, school board. We, we don't know half the time what this guy thinks anyway. If he's fighting corn pop back in the alley, back circa 1962 with a six foot piece of chain that he's going to wrap around corn pop. Because it was the right thing to do. <laughs> this guy, something else. So we got debates, or you know, debates that have been canceled, or at least a debate. This is look. This is we've not seen anything like this, right? And there's there are things that this can be compared to. I know we're not supposed to to do that. Every time there's a comparison to something else, uh, the the response is that this is, uh, you know, you can't make that comparison. What are you doing? Uh, you're, you're undermining, you're undermining what, how much Americans should fear this. I want to talk about this a little bit today. I want to put this in perspective. We're going to talk about Wuhan, which, yes, in fact, despite what some of the pundits want you to think, is where this thing began. Wuhan, China, Hubei province. 
right kind of smack dab in the populous part of China. And so we're going to talk about this. We're going to look at swine flu back from 2009. We're going to compare and contrast the actions taken. We're going to look at the numbers. We're going to talk about one of the biggest fears. Look, again, I've I've cited a couple times this week, FDR, when he said the, 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 um, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Now, I'm not saying that there's nothing we should not be concerned with with this virus. You should, look, you should take steps to protect yourself and your family. There's no questions about it. The question is, the question is, is all of this, I guess, reaction, is it overreaction? Have we gotten to the point, I mean, I think it's it's clear now, that we've gotten to the point where people are legitimately and truthfully panicking. Panicking. I mean, no, lost all sense of reasoning, rationale, and logic, and just are, are panicked, panic-stricken. Why is that the case? Is it because of Trump? Is it because of how, you know, Biden said yesterday, and I'm going to take a break here in a second, we'll maybe play some sound bites from his uh, speech yesterday, but he said that this virus has laid bare the severe shortcomings of the current administration. He added that public fears are being compounded by a pervasive lack of trust in the president. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's two ways of looking at that. Why is there a lack of trust in this president? Some would say because he's earned it. Okay. Others would say because that's been the intent from the beginning to destroy destroy any uh, any semblance of what might be a you know a, a leader that we can trust someone who's got the best interest of the American people at heart when it comes to issues like this or when it comes to anything you know we've been told and taught for so long that this guy is a scumbag who's an idiot who doesn't care about anyone but himself in fact I actually saw I saw someone uh, writing the other day who said that you know the places that Trump um, didn't include in the European travel ban, of course, included the UK, and that's where his, that's where he has some resorts. So this was another example in their crazy interpretation. This was another example of how Trump was trying to continue to make sure he helped his resorts, putting his needs over over the needs of of the you know public at large. Hey, I've got. In other words, hey, I've got resorts in the uk we can't have the travel ban target there because i still want people to go into my resorts that's that's where this has gotten and that's the starting point and i actually think that if that's the way that people think i think that often that 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 says more about the person making the the allegation than it does about the person that they're trying to malign because that that's pretty that's a pretty sharp criticism that's a pretty heartless that president would have to be incredibly heartless and uh, just <laughs> I don't even know the word to describe describe a president that would say, well travel you know make a travel ban everywhere except where I have a resort. And folks I'm sure out there today are saying, well look at that's the reason he did it. Well, they think that because they've been told that for so long. It just doesn't compute with what I've seen and what I've learned and what I understand about, President Trump, that's that's just, I think, pure silliness. But that's the sort of stuff 
that people believe. So, of course, of course he's not capable of handling this in their minds. I got to take a break. Oz is over here dutifully showing me that it's time to take a break, and I am going to oblige and take a quick time out. When we get back, we'll continue our talks on coronavirus. We'll talk about, I'll play some sound bites from Biden as well, where he was pretending to be president yesterday or perhaps fooled into thinking that he was. We don't know, but I'll share that when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. You know, I think, of course, there's all these reactions. There's all these reactions. There's all this fear out there. And I think, (laughs) I think that the best way for Trump to put an end to all this fear that's being peddled out there is to announce that he's canceling the election in November. I mean, proportional, right? I mean, we got NBA canceled, March Madness canceled, NHL, MLB, whatever else, movie launches, people fighting over toilet paper. Now, I'm kidding. I'm absolutely joking about this. Take it easy if you're a leftist. I just like it occurred to me last night when I was texting my brother. I I made some comment about uh, Trump. I'm sure will be if 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 Biden doesn't win in November. I'm sure that somewhere someone's preparing to say that because of Trump's ineptitude with coronavirus, it's going to drive down turnout, which is going to inevitably hurt Biden. They're going to show us through some algorithm or some such thing. That Trump's actual mismanagement of the crisis actually helps him in the election. I'm sure that'll be proven at some particular point in time. To which my brother said, then Trump should go ahead and just cancel (laughs) the election. Which people have been saying Trump's going to do this. I'm totally joking. I don't want any emails about this. I'm just, just kidding. I'm just teasing. Here's Joe Biden yesterday. Pretending to be president. Make-believe president. uh, President Oh, Biden-bama at the microphone with his flags behind him. Suddenly he's become a, a patriot, Democratic patriot here for the first time we've seen during this campaign, standing at the podium, pretending to be president, pretending to, you know, it's easy. It's easy to have answers for coronavirus when there's nothing that you can do about it. And as far as, hey, this is what I would do if I was president. I mean, I wonder, as I'm sitting here thinking, this didn't occur to me, if Biden's going to cure cancer and... Let's see, what else did he have? He had Alzheimer's, cancer, and Oz, what was the other one? Diabetes. Diabetes. I always forget diabetes. Not that I'm against, not not discriminating against diabetes. I just forget which ailments and conditions that Biden has promised to cure us from. I wonder if coronavirus would be on Biden's list. And where does it fall? Does it fall first? I mean, he should have told us yesterday. When I'm president, I'm just going to cure coronavirus. I mean, this is the sort of stuff he tells us. Might as well. Might as well throw that into the mix. But here he is pretending to be president of the United States. Again, he may have not known if he was supposed to be president, dog catcher, county councilman, mayor, school board member, or anything else. Someone put a tie on him and said, go out there and read the teleprompter. We kept it short, Joe. We kept it short because we don't want you talking any more than 7 to 12 minutes. But go out there, read from that teleprompter, you know, channel your inner corn pop, 
and go go out there and tell the American people uh, how you're going to save them, help them deal with the coronavirus. So here's Biden at the podium talking about that, talking about that very thing yesterday. I tell you, here we go. Bear with me here. Bear with me here. I got the thing plugged into the wrong plug again. You know, I've got a, I got a charger and I've got my connection to my soundboard. So bear with me. Sorry about that. Here he is. World Health Organization now has officially officially declared COVID nineteen a pandemic. Downplaying it, being overly dismissive, or spreading misinformation is only going to hurt us and further advantage the spread of the disease. But neither should we panic or fall back on xenophobia. Labeling COVID-19 a foreign virus does not displace accountability for the misjudgments that have been taken thus far by the Trump administration. Let me be crystal clear. The coronavirus does not have a political affiliation. It will affect Republicans, independents, and Democrats alike. And will not discriminate based on national origin, race, gender, or zip code. It will touch people in positions Thanks of power, that. as well as the most vulnerable in our society. And it will not stop. Banning all travel from Europe or any other part of the world may slow it, but as we've seen, it will not stop it. And travel restrictions based on favoritism and politics rather than risk will be counterproductive. This disease could impact every nation and any person on the planet. We need a plan about how we're going to aggressively manage here at home. You know, you all do know, the American people have the capacity to meet this moment. We're going to face this with the same spirit that has guided us through previous crises. And we'll come together as a nation. We'll look out for one another and do our part as citizens. We have, we have to be, we have to harness the ingenuity of our scientists and the resourcefulness of our people. And we have to help the world, help the world to drive coordinated global strategy. Not shut ourselves off from the world. Protecting the health and safety of the American people is the most important job of any president. And unfortunately, this virus laid bare the severe shortcomings of the current administration. Public fears are being compounded by pervasive lack of trust in this president, fueled by adversarial relationships with the truth that he continues to have. Our government's ability to respond effectively has been undermined by hollowing out our agencies and disparagement of science. All right, there you go. There's Joe Biden pretending to be president, pretending to have the answers. By the way, effectively going up there and saying this thing you know, this thing's going to affect all people, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives. It doesn't matter your zip code. Thanks, Biden, for that, because I thought that this thing had a very distinct, um, you know, it stayed within zip code maps. That's what I thought. I th- could have swore I heard Trump and his team saying that yesterday. That's how they act about this, of course. Who's out there saying that this is not going to have, that this is bound by zip codes or race? And this whole thing about getting upset about calling this the Wuhan coronavirus is totally and patently absurd. It's absurd. There's, there's montages of people 
in the media calling this thing the Wuhan coronavirus hundreds of times. I mean, it is off the charts how many times they've called this thing the Wuhan coronavirus. Some Republican congressman does it. Suddenly that person's racist. Of course, racist. The Chinese coronavirus. How dare he? How dare he do that? Has to be motivated by racism. Got to address that right now as well. I mean, it's just bizarre to me. You have hot spots of this thing around the world. Trump is limiting travel between those places in the United States. Biden says we can't do that. I guess I, that's what I take from this. But I guess it's okay to say, I mean, it, it just doesn't compute to me. You've got hot spots that we should not say you can't travel from. But yet we have cities that don't have many cases at all that are documented that aren't allowed to play a sporting event, even with no fans in the arena. These things don't add up and compute. This, you talk about inconsistencies. They act as though that there's a, a checklist of facts about this thing. They've given this to Trump. Trump's wadded the thing up and thrown it in the trash can. And the only ones that are reading from this thing are the Democrats and the media. The problem is, the problem is, is that this, the misinformation, the way that they've handled it, do we, are we to believe that the media and the Democrats and the reaction to this stuff has not had any effect on creating fear in the American people? My goodness. I'm, look, lives are more important than stock market, no question. Trump even said that the other day. That being said, the stock market is still important. And we're at a point where the fundamentals of this stock market and where the, the, the numbers are today um, don't match up. The, fund, the, the economy is very, very strong right now. The market has dropped, what is it, 25% in the past couple of weeks or whatever, whatever it is. Dropped to 25% of its value. And we're still con continuing to peddle dramatic amounts of fear. There's, there's being prepared, and then there's driving fear. There's driving fear. And you have to wonder, when someone benefits from the fear, look, now no one caused this virus, no political party or individual, but if the fear is causing it to potentially help you, some of these folks, it's a fair question to say how much are they really interested in causing the fear to subside? I think it's a very fair question. If it's fair to question Trump about whether or not he's excluding the UK from his travel ban because he's got a, some resorts there, it's certainly fair to say if the fear helps you in the polls, are you really trying to cause the fear to subside? I think it's a perfectly fair question, and I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I want to look a little bit. I know you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to look at the, the numbers and compare this to anything else because we've been told that this is the most dangerous virus in our lifetimes. And look, maybe it is. I don't, I don't know. But I do know that the amount of panic and the amount of hysteria, overreaction is way, way outside of, of reason and logic at this particular point in time. 
running, you know, the, the, the runs on toilet paper, the fights in the shopping aisles or whatever, totally, totally blown out of proportion. So I want to look at a couple of things. Number one, I want to look at where this, where this started, right? It started in, it started in Hubei province in China. I don't know if you've ever looked. I'm looking right now at a map, Hubei, China. Um, it is pretty much, pretty much, if you look at the most populous parts of China, it's say it's the, I don't know, what is that, the eastern half of the nation of China. Uh, you can trace it down from Hong Kong in the far south all the way up to Beijing in the far, what's that, the northeast. And it's about literally smack dab in between, maybe slightly closer to to Hong Kong than it is to Beijing, but it's pretty much centrally located. So it's it's pretty close to the middle of the most populous parts of China. It's just to the west of Shanghai. And the population of this province. So I've asked a couple people this in, in conversations. And, and by the way, I've spoken with some folks who are in the medical world uh, have a friend of mine who has uh, that that interacts with doctors quite a bit. He told me yesterday that he had spoken with yesterday he'd spoken with three of his doctors face to face. They run the political gamut. I think we've got you know he had one that's a moderate Republican, no conservatives like he or I, but one moderate Republican, one you know kind of a Biden Democrat, and one Bernie Sanders socialist. And he asked them, hey, what, what is your thought about this? And they all said basically the same thing, that this is something that you know we needed to, to manage and be mindful of and be smart about. And there's some things about this coronavirus that you know nobody wants this thing. This could this could this kills people. Um, but they all use the phrase uh, similar to, to what I just said, which is overreaction, hysteria. You know, blown out of proportion, something to that effect, and and that's that's where we are. This province, though, I've asked a couple of people uh, because I, I think we we lose perspective in the United States as to the the just how big and massive from a population perspective China is. The, the province of U, uh, of of Hubei, which is the home of uh, which is the state or the province where Wuhan is located. The province has 58 and a half million people, 58 and a half million people. We know China has had approximately 80,000 cases, 80,000 cases of, of this virus. So if you take that, if you take the 80,000 divided by the 58 and a half million people, you'll find that 0.14% of the people of Hubei, of, of this, the, the, this, the province of Hubei in the middle of China, which is where Wuhan is. In that state, in that province, 0.14% of the people were diagnosed with coronavirus. Now, again, I'm not saying this to say this is no big deal because the steps taken by the Chinese to prevent people from, uh, well, you, you, I mean, there. It's a heavy-handed government, so I'm not defending necessarily every step. But the idea, the basic premise of keeping people from, 
you know, passing it between one another, isolating the sick, treating them, testing them quickly, all this sort of stuff. Those are those are you know noble. Uh, I guess it depends on your means. If you believe in you know using unfettered force as the Chinese government does, I'm not endorsing that. But just the idea of keeping people separated, uh, especially if you've developed symptoms. So obviously, there's some that had the disease that didn't test for it, that were not diagnosed. So it's there's probably a higher percentage. But of the people who I, I've wondered this, if you don't, if you have the disease and you don't have any symptoms, what's there to be, what's there to be afraid of? I get that you're still a carrier, but people are acting out of fear, not because they're afraid of being the carrier because they're terrified themselves of getting it. So 0.14%, not 14%, not 1.4%, 0.14% of the province of Hubei actually had the illness. Again, I'm not trying to minimize this. I'm trying to give perspective on this. So 99.86 people, percent of the people in the, 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 the center of this epidemic did not contract, or if they did contract, did not have symptoms serious enough to even be diagnosed or tested or whatever for this this disease. And it just, I see all the the hysterical fear and you know, all the things that people are doing, and there's nothing wrong with being wise. And I'm not even suggesting that, you know, maybe it is wise to not have basketball games for a couple of weeks. I don't. Maybe when there's just players on the court and no fans, I don't necessarily understand why that you should have to cancel that. But that's whatever. That's that's their business. That's their prerogative, I guess. But I don't know. It just something doesn't add up to me with this. Again, I, it, we ought to be able to say this. Again, I'm not minimizing it. You know, my family and I, we've taken precautions in ways that you know maybe normally we wouldn't do but at the same time at the same time i think perspective is necessary and if this thing you know they they act like it's the bubonic plague or smallpox or that someone's dropped a you know we're all getting envelopes full of anthrax delivered to us and that's it's just not the case and i think we ought to be able to say that without trying to you know and still panic just to get people to take the actions that that someone thinks they should take. I just it just doesn't add up to me. So anyway, that's that's in the the place that this started. This is in the place that the disease got its name, even though you're not allowed to say it. 0.14% of that population of that state or or what or who was affected by this. Now they all were affected in the sense that they were uh, not allowed to freely move about their and, and go about their lives, but I'm saying who actually suffered from from the disease. It just seems something to me is just saying there's. I just have questions about this. I know it's time to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. We'll continue this discussion when we get back. Be back in just a minute. <laughs> Welcome back. And we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to mention how many people get the regular flu virus every year. We're not supposed to mention that. We're not supposed to mention that, generally speaking, 
250,000 to, excuse me, 500,000 people. In fact, even one number showed up to 646,000 people die of the seasonal flu. You're not supposed to mention that because if you do, you are accused of trying to minimize the effects of of this potential coronavirus, well, of the, of the coronavirus and the spread. And, and I look, I understand. I understand that the mortality rate is higher with coronavirus. I'm just saying perspective matters. I mean, when I, I don't understand. I don't understand the need to drive people to the levels of fear that we've seen where people literally, literally are hoarding toilet paper, fighting in the stores, making a run on the groceries. I just don't I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I really don't. I mean, we're all ultimately responsible uh, for ourselves first and foremost. We should act responsibly if we get sick. But you know, if, if you are concerned about something, you can you can stay home and self-quarantine or at least maybe say I don't have symptoms, but I don't want to go out there and maybe get it. That's fine. That's fine, but to to drive this to the point, and comparing this to swine flu, which I don't have time to do right now, but comparing this to the swine flu outbreak back in 2009-2010, this pales in comparison so far. I'm just asking the question, can, can can we be responsible without relying upon or feeding into this, this fear? That that's my question. And of course, perspective fuels fear. If people are taught, if if people are told that this is effectively smallpox, the bubonic plague, you know, anthrax, whatever. If this is what they're taught, then that's that's not keeping this into perspective. I just saw 80% of people that get this experience mild symptoms sometimes people don't even really know they have it from what i've seen again i'm not minimizing this i'm just saying let's keep this thing into perspective because is it really worth is it really worth driving complete and utter panic across the markets to where we lose 25 percent of our of our of our market's worth in whatever it is a number of days is it really worth that is it really, really worth that? I mean, that's that's un that is overreaction. That is hysteria. That is unnecessary. I gotta take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So talking coronavirus, just simply running out of time. We'll continue this discussion after the top of the hour, which, by the way, by the way, you can listen to hour two of the program if you're, uh, you're depending upon where you're listening. Hour two of the program may or may not be on uh, your radio station. You can simply go to ToddHuffShow.com slash Total Access and see how you can become a subscriber to get hour two for just 25 bucks a year. And we'd love to have you there. So talk about this continued coronavirus um, here after the top of the hour. So as always, guys, I appreciate you spending some time with me this morning. Have a great weekend. SDG. See you soon.